You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The buck goes with You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, my co-host, Jim Rosati. Big show today, Jim. Let's just start off with that. It's a big, big show today. Uh, yeah, we've got actual news, and it's it's you know pretty big news, I would say. <laughs> Where do we even want to start? I mean, let's first off, let's just get into it because I feel like this show is going to be kind of long. We have the obvious news. I mean, literally the title of the show. If you're listening, Jacob Stallings has been traded to the Miami Marlins. But before we get into that, let's just go ahead and touch on all the other stuff to get that out of the way. Let's, let's, let's get this stuff out of the way. Um, why don't we start with, hey, there's maybe good news. Yoshi Tsutsu goes back. Okay. Is that, yeah. can we do that? Yeah, let's start with, I mean, we haven't been on since Tuesday, so yeah, we can kind of work our way up to yesterday, okay. yesterday's happenings. So Okay, let's do that then. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I mean, I mean, as in everything that Ben Charrington does, right, as we, as we learned last offseason, holidays are not off days for the Pirates. Use that as every other day's off day for the Pirates. Holidays are the work days. Thanksgiving comes around, well, Thanksgiving Eve, basically. Yep. And it's announced that Yoshi Tsutsugo is signed one year, $4 million. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, so this has been in the works for a while. We've heard a lot of rumblings and um, you know rumors about that they've been talking. The Pirates were thinking two-year deal. Yoshi wanted one-year deal. But Yoshi was completely open to coming back to Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it seemed like it was just a matter of time before something got done. Um, and and what, what one year, four million dollars. So Yoshi did a good job of, uh, you know, parlaying that last, you know, six seven weeks of the year into a contract. Because I mean, the guy was toiling around in AAA when he got. Uh, when the Pirates acquired him, and he was able to somehow turn around his uh, kind of the whole narrative from the right. first two years in the majors and uh, and leverage that to get uh, four million dollars. Uh, so, you know, good for him. Uh, good for the Pirates for getting something done. You know, it was something that just it made sense on just everybody. Just all around, it made sense. I think there's, there's, you know, you got to be happy about that that got done. 
Yeah, I that's, think that's literally where I'm at. I mean, the price yeah. seems pretty spot on. Four million dollars. It's like mm-hmm. the thing about Yoshi. He does come with a set of risk, obviously, because as you mentioned, that's last six or seven weeks, right? Those are fantastic. Those are mainly with the Pirates, and he looked like a really, really good ball player. However, the rest of his tenure as a major leaguer was pretty terrible. So, like, good on him for getting $4 million. $4 million, I mean, there's a risk that he could be that terrible person. But for $4 million, would you not throw money at that type of risk reward? You know? I mean, we saw what he could do. He had eight home runs when he was over here. Um, the power looked pretty, pretty damn legit. So, you know, as a first baseman, he definitely has the potential of a ceiling, right? Much higher than Colin Moran's. And I know this whole season and into the off season, we're talking about like, what do you do with the, both of them? And, you know, if you had the choice of keeping one or the other, what would you do? And we both, I'll try to put words in your mouth, but I believe we both said that we would rather have Yoshi just for the upside. Was that correct? Yeah. Okay. We both agreed. So, there. you know, for $4 million to bet on that, I'm cool with that. And Yoshi coming back, $4 million bucks. Sounds sounds good. He got, he got what he wanted, which apparently is a one-year deal. I don't know why he doesn't really want to do long-term. Maybe he believes in those last six or seven weeks as well, and he wants to parlay this $4 million into a bigger contract. But, um, but yeah, the Pirates bring him back one year, $4 million. Sounds good for both sides. Let's make it happen. Um, and I guess we can kind of move forward because it kind of deals with the same thing. So with that being said... Also, Colm Moran has been DFA'd, so it does appear as the signing was almost like a, it's going to be at the expense of Colm Moran. It is a one or the other. There's no reason to keep both of them at this point in time. So, yes, heading into 2022, Yoshi Tsugo will be your first baseman. Colm Moran is looking for a team now. Yeah, here I think most people had him like right around four, four point one million somewhere in that area. So, like from a dollar standpoint, it, it's like a straight up replacement, right? Right. Uh, and and I think, like I said, we can both agree that you know we we like Yoshi's potential and the power capability, you know, higher than Moran. You know, we've seen Moran now for four years. We know what he is, you know. He he he's he's always going to show like these flashes of like what kind of thought he would become. But then at the end of the day, he's just an average hitter who plays a corner infield spot. And like those are they're they're a dime a dozen, right? You can go out there, right. you can go there, and the, the, those people are everywhere. Um, you don't need you don't need Moran when you have Yoshi. It is just like one of those things, though, where like I feel like every pirate who's just on the brink of making like three or four million dollars, like they're in dire jeopardy of losing their roster spots because like you didn't have to get rid of Moran, especially if like we think DH is coming to Pittsburgh, you know, then then you could kind of use both of them. But, uh-huh. Yeah, here we are. Um, Moran DFA'd not so he. You know, essentially a non-tender there is is what that is. And uh, yeah, Yoshi going to be the starting first baseman. I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, 
So, you know, I, I mean, you talk about the three or four million dollars not being safe. I mean, <clears throat> at this point in time, I, I sense I sense where you're coming from. Um, but like when it comes to Colin Moran, and maybe just the the team, like again, we're talking about pure upside. Colin Moran is a like you said, he's an average hitter. Like he's he's a he is a major leaguer, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. This isn't like Colin Moran is terrible and get him off his team and this is trash. I mean, he's better than a lot of guys on that 40 man roster right now, today as it stands. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. problem is, is he is like that safe move. And I think we talked about it. like I would have loved Colin Moran on a lot of those pirate, you know, those those early and mid, you know, teen, 2010s, whatever I guess you call them. <laughs> mm-hmm. years with the Pirates because like they had no first baseman you know for the most part like yeah. he would have fit good yeah. in that situation but I just feel like where we're, we're at right now as far as the Pirates is you know I, I'm going for the upside especially if it's a one-year deal you know maybe you could flip them because clearly this year they're not actually looking to compete or improve so like I think that's where you're at you hope that Yoshi turns into something and then you can flip them because Colin Moran isn't going to give you that yeah, I mean, very well put. I, I, Moran is what he is. Nothing more. Like, is is Moran? Does he have the talent where where like you could see him going somewhere and maybe having like one good year at absolutely. some point in his career? I could absolutely see that, you know. Uh, but but he's not. He's not anything like worth getting all worked up about losing. I think that the really kind of the sad part about all this is it like shuts the door on the, the Garrett Cole trade. All right. And we haven't talked about that mm-hmm. yet, but Colin Moran was the last remaining member of that trade. Yes. And uh, so he's now gone. So we're now four years after the Garrett Cole trade and we don't have anybody from that trade. So, you know, yep. good job. Good job, Neil Huntington. <laughs> Yes, I guess that does seal the deal, seal the deal on that. Um, well, all right. <laughs> so yeah, so Co- so Yoshi's back. Colin's gone. Um, other than that, to move forward, there's a little bit of news. Uh, ben Gamble signed for 1.8 million dollars, offered a contract, came to agreement. That's a done deal. So he will be on the team going forward. Um. I don't think I have to go too deep into that. He's he's a guy. He is outside of Brian Reynolds. He's the best outfielder on this team. Sadly, nothing against him, but sadly, he's yeah. the best. And um, that's where the, that's the direction the team's going right now. So one point eight million dollars. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, more than fair. He he was definitely. I feel like he was definitely coming back, and and yeah, they actually got him for less than what was expected i think we were thinking like most places were thinking around three million for mm-hmm. um for gamble so 1.8 million just seems kind of uh seems kind of low uh yeah he's the second best outfielder on this team he shouldn't be uh he's probably a fourth outfielder outfield type like ben gamble is probably a guy you want to you know have a few starts against right-handed pitchers maybe get 300 bats throughout the course of the year the issue here is that Ben, Gam- ben Gamble is looking like this team's starting left fielder at this point, and he's probably going to get like 600 plate appearances unless uh, unless something happens in the next few days. So, 
or 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 whenever we decide to play baseball after this. So, yeah, I I mean I like it. I, he's he's definitely somebody we should have brought back, and so I'm glad that we did. It's just I I don't think he's best suited for an everyday role. Um, but that's looking like what he is going to do at this point. Right. Yep. And then I guess the next thing to touch on is Stephen Brault, also DFA'd. Um, this one, which is so yesterday on Twitter was fun. It was fun. You were you were kicking it off, I feel like, blasting everyone for for takes, which I will say it's not like it was unwarranted. However, however, Stephen Brault was DFA'd and that caused quite a stir. Um, I was, you know, even in entertaining it a bit, saying, you know, whoa, you know, I can't believe Brought was gone. And and that's where it came from. Like, I guess as I put out later to kind of define where I was coming from on that stance, uh, I, I was shocked that Brought was the first. It's not as if I'm shocked that Brought's not on this team because, oh my God, Stephen Brought is so good. Stephen Brault is meh, right? I wasn't falling too deep in his 2020 numbers. I think you were the same way. That's what he call, kept saying. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people were really hyping up, like, "Oh, Stephen Brault's really, really good." And no, he's not. He was put in like the best situations in 2020 uh, with that mm-hmm. that tandem, him and Chad Cole. Um, but, but, however, he is a major league pitcher. Kind of how I feel. I mean, especially as a lefty, like he yeah. he is a major league pitcher. Um, I, I was just shocked that he was like the first domino. Like of all the pitchers on this team, of all the players on this team, he was the first technically to be DFA'd to make this roster response. And um that came as a shock to me. That's all. No, I'm with you. Um by no means do I think he's good, right? But like I think you could put together a legitimate argument and and you could you could you could put together a legitimate argument that he is the best pitcher on the team. <laughs> <laughs> that would like, be a very legit argument, right? So, Jose so like Quintana it's not one of those things where is in that argument right now. Yeah, so it's not one of those things where like he's good, right? He's not. Um, but like you could line Stephen Brault up with every one of these pitchers who are who is looking like they're going to be in the rotation next year. And say, is Stephen Brault better than JT Brubaker? Well, maybe he is. He, he could be. Is he better than Mitch Keller? Maybe. Is he better than Quintana? Maybe. Is he better than Zach Thompson? Maybe. Is he better than Bryce Wilson? Maybe. I, like all these guys who were in this, this starting Peters. rotation next year, Dylan Peters. Like, it's not like Brault is the clear cut. Oh well, he's the one who needs to go. Right. right. Exactly. He was the one who needed to go, I think, for two reasons. One, I, I maybe his injury, maybe he is more injured than we know, and the team knows that. And so they were they're like, hey, you know, he's this this arm isn't going to work anymore. If that's the case, then I'm fine with this move. But if the case is just, hey, out of all of these guys, Steven Ross, the one who's gonna make what three million dollars next year mm-hmm. so let's get rid of him then i'm not really that thrilled with the move because we mentioned it last week that 
this pitching staff right now is terrible. Like it's the way it's the way it's looking right now, it is bad. And they're gonna need people to just pitch. Um and who like when when Brault's healthy, he is like you mentioned, a he's a borderline fifth, he's a fifth starter, you know, in, right. in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Um which is a lot better than what we can say about a lot of these other guys. So I, I was I was a little surprised to see him go. Like I said, unless there's like I said, it's hard to hard to say. It's hard to say because of the injury issues. But if Brault's healthy, he's clearly worth the three million dollars or whatever you're going to spend him spend on him. Right. That's kind of where Stephen Brault. Yeah. If Brault can give you a hundred innings, no matter what those hundred innings look like. He's worth it. Question now. So, I mean, the thing is, that's a legitimate question, though. Can he give you 100 innings? You know, that's mm-hmm. that is his mo. You know, he, he has yeah. a hard time staying healthy. So, I, I understand that aspect of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. You could surely factor in the money portion, right? You could say, well, you know what, this guy is not as good as Stephen Brault, but I can probably pencil him in to give me the innings. And and the caveat is he's cheaper. You know that could be there. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you know, as I expressed, the goal truly is to get a team of people better than Stephen Brault. Like that is the goal. So to oh, improve yeah. upon Stephen Brault should be the challenge, right? Like this is a move that you should be making to improve upon. The difference is that same logic. Other guys are on this team that are worse than Stephen Brault. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's one of those yeah. things where it's fine. It's it's not the end of the world that Stephen Brault isn't on it. It's just why was Stephen Brault chosen over other players? And that's just where I'm at. Clearly, that's where you're at as well. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. And as I said, it seems like just the players that so far they're, they're, they're so far the players that they're choosing to not leave on the roster are the ones who are arbitration eligible. Yes, that seems to be the pattern. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So we got that news out of the way. Um, before we get into the major news of Jacob Stallings, right? And some questions and our, our thoughts on the Pirates and Ben Charrington. Was there anything else you want to touch on? No. Then let's, let's just do it. it. So there was also rumors... And this is, I think, where you started. Like, I think this is what set you off to begin the day. There was the rumors of the Yankees were looking into trading Jacob Stallings and, well, Jacob Stallings must go, right? Must go. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of set you off. I'll, I'll give you the floor on this part. Let's, before we even get to the trade, just the fact of Jacob Stallings going, the state of the Pirates, the state of the fanhood, right? Jacob Stallings is looking into being traded. Take the floor, Jim, because I feel like you got something on your chest. Yeah, that is right. That that is what set me off. So originally, you know, we we started we started hearing some rumors in the beginning of the day that um, <clears throat> the Pirates were were basically shopping Jacob Stallings, um, and they were fielding they were fielding offers. And, and my my whole and I've said this for months now, right? We've talked about Jacob Stallings and a potential Jacob Stallings trade for a while now. 
my thing with Jacob Stallings is a fair value trade for him is just not going to be worth like what Jacob Stallings is. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's not that, you know, Jacob Stallings is a great catcher. He's not a great catcher, but he's a, he's a above average major league catcher. Right. With three years of control left on him. And he's been, I mean, he's been pretty reliable. He's been a great defender. He's been, an okay hitter right below average hitter for the most part but nothing terrible he's he can handle himself up there at the plate right which from a catcher position is something that you don't always see so that's what makes him he's he's a good major league catcher right um and but but he's not a great one right so any trade for jacob stallings wasn't going to blow anybody's socks off if you got fair value for Jacob Stallings, you would look at it and you would say, well, I'm underwhelmed. Right. And we'll get to that. But so, so, so my main thing here was just like, why, why, why do we have to trade Jacob Stallings? Like, What's the reason? Because I knew going into this, that whatever we got for Jacob Stallings, it's not going to be impactful major. It's not going to be impactful talent for when this team is ready to compete. It's not. It's going to be maybe guys who have some potential to to maybe contribute, right? That's what that return is going to provide. It, you're not going to get somebody who's going to say, oh, wow, we traded Jacob Stallings, but you know what? Now we've got our blank of the future, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to get that. If that's the case and you were like, oh, you know what? We can trade Jacob Stallings, but you know what right field is on lockdown now in two or three years. Right. That's, that's just not what Jacob Stallings is going to give you. Right. So that was my main point is why, why, why trade him? Why trade somebody who is good? You're not going to really get anybody his caliber in return. You're not, you're not like none of these people you're going to get in return for Jacob Stallings is ever going to put up a two win season. Not going to happen. Right. Okay. Um, So why do it? Right. Unless the reason is just, just get him out of here. He's making too much money. 2022, we don't want to be good. 2022, we want to tank again. We want to do everything we can to lose. And that seems to be the path this team is going. They have absolutely zero interest in actually winning games in 2022. So this was now the next logical move. This move helps the Pirates lose more games next year. It does not make them better in any way. It makes them worse. And it lowers payroll. So it's like there's no way to look at this and say, you know, this was a good move. I'm not going to necessarily say, like, it's a bad baseball move. Like, it was a fair deal, right? And we'll get into the return. It was a fair deal for Jacob Stallings. Like, I'm not saying that that they got fleeced. Like no one got fleeced in this deal. The pirates got what Jacob Stallings is probably worth on the trade market. Right. But going back to my original point, none of these guys are people who you look at and say, Oh man, I can't wait till this guy gets to the majors and helps his team out, you know, in, in two years. None of these guys are that. 
So why not just keep Stallings around for next year, for 2023, for 2024? Because first off, when Henry Davis does get to the majors, you're still going to need another catcher, right? right. It's not like you, you can't just, you need more than one catcher. And like you, why can't the Pirates, like if the, if the goal is to compete in 2024, right? Why do you have to suck? Like, why do you have to lose 110 games next year? Right. Maybe try to, Try to show Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds that like you actually want to get better, you know, at the major league level. So maybe try try to like show that you want to compete a little bit next year. I'm not saying the Pirates need to go out there and sign these people like the Rangers are or the, the Tigers are, right? Like the Pirates don't need to go out there and have a six hundred million dollar offseason, right? I'm not saying that, but the Pirates should at least not be getting rid of the players that can help them potentially get better through this rebuild, right? The goal is still that we want to get better. The team's already bottomed out. Like how long do we need to bottom out for? Like at some point you have to say, okay, now we need to start shifting focus and get better. And I, and we both have said this like 2022, I don't want to sit through another season of just, terrible baseball don't want to do it i have no interest in it um but it seems like we're heading that way and with the way that the payroll is set at donardo like we just got the updated payroll last night and the way where it stands right now the pirates have a have a a payroll of 33 and a half million dollars right ethan updated 33 million five hundred twenty eight thousand three hundred dollars $33 million payroll. That's $10 million less than what Max Scherzer is making next year. (laughs) And, and and I'm not saying the pirates need to, like I said, never am I saying the pirates need to go out there and have like 120, $150 million payroll, but there's no reason at all why this team can't have an $80 million payroll going into 2022. There's no reason. And, so just do the things that it takes to get to that point by doing those things. You're, you're putting yourself in a position where at least you don't have just like a terrible baseball team going the next year. All right. And, and, and so that's just my thing. It, it seems like they're by, by, by pushing this out another year, they're, they're kicking this can down another year. They're saying, Hey, we're, we're not planning on being competitive in 2023 because you can't just flip a switch and say, I'm going from a hundred loss team in 2022 to a playoff team in 2023. That doesn't happen very often, right? No, maybe, maybe you strike lightning in a bottle like the giants, right? But it doesn't happen. So now you're looking, okay, 2022, this team's going to be just complete, completely terrible. 2023, Maybe then you start trying. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you suck again. Maybe we just are going to suck for a few years. Who knows? But 2023, maybe then you start trying, right? But you you don't actually compete because you just lost 100 games, right? 2024, then, is that your first year that you're looking to compete, right? And if 2024 is the first year you're looking to compete, 
Yep. Then you have to start thinking, okay, well, now I only have Brian Reynolds for one more year. <laughs> like, yep. should we trade Brian Reynolds to maximize this window that we have and make it, you know, instead of a two-year window, make it like a four or five-year window? Do we maybe then trade Key Brian Hayes to make this a three or four or five-year window instead of a two-year window? So like the, the steps that I'm going through in my head now are if we have no interest in being a competitive team until 2024, then should we actually just sit here and waste the next two years of Brian Reynolds? Would it not make sense then to just trade Brian Reynolds now if the plan isn't to do anything until 2024? and get somebody who can help us beyond 2025. So I, I, I don't like that philosophy. I don't want to do that. I would much prefer us extend Brian Reynolds to, you know, 2027 or 2028, right? I just don't know if they're going to do that. And I don't know if Brian Reynolds wants to, like, if you're Brian Reynolds, do you want to sit around and wait until 2024 before the people that you work for actually decide they want to give you a little bit of a little bit of help around you like does, does brian reynolds want to sign an extension brian reynolds can get traded to somebody else and sign an extension with them you know where, where they're trying right now why does brian reynolds need to sign an extension with the pirates so i mean if you're if you're brian reynolds does this throw a wrench in that does reynolds go hey you know what i'm not really interested in just being bad until 2024 like, I'm not going to sign an extension with you. Just trade me now and I'll sign with somebody else. You know, get get max value for me, right? So that's my line of thinking is I don't want that to happen. And it's just, it's seeming, seeming now like that is the next step and I'm not happy with it. And, and I'm not really going to get on the fans that much. I think I got on them enough yesterday. They were just, <laughs> they're just being... They're just annoying me a little bit. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody how to be a fan. You can be a fan however you want, right? That's that, that's not my job to tell you how to be a fan. Um, my thing is just, it is a little annoying when I think so many people have resigned to the fact that, like, the Pirates don't have to be good next year. Like, why not? Why can't the Pirates try to be good next year? Mm -hmm. The whole point of this is to you know, not be miserable when you're watching AT&T Sportsnet. I don't want to be miserable watching AT&T Sportsnet. I don't want to watch, I don't, I don't want to watch these pitchers, you know, just be, be awful. I don't want to watch bad baseball. I want to watch good baseball at some point. And so like, when can we get to that point where we're not like embarrassed by our major league team? Can we please get to that point? Because right now it's, it's just, it's embarrassing. You got all these people tweeting out, Max Scherzer's deal is more than the Pirates payroll, right? That's embarrassing. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. And it shouldn't be that way. And then people are saying, you know, it's more a problem. This is more, this is more baseball's problem than it is the Pirates' problem. No, it's not. 28 other teams have a higher payroll than Max Scherzer. The Pirates aren't one of them. Just don't be one of those teams. Like, I don't think people realize how much money the Pirates get in revenue sharing. The, the Major League... Con the major league TV deal pays out the pirates over a hundred million dollars a year just for the, the national TV deal, right? That's not including what the pirates get from their local TV deal. That's not including what the pirates get from their sponsors. That's not including what the pirates get from, you know, 
their their uh, their ticket sales, whatever it is, the pirates can the pirates need to go out there and just not have thirty million dollar payrolls. Like, there's just no excuse for that, and they're not saving money. Like, they're not saving this money, and they're they're not putting it in the bank and saying, "Hey, we're going to spend this in four years." It's just not it's not happening it didn't happen in 2015 it didn't happen in 2014 right all that money they saved throughout the decades right not spending anything did they go out there in 2015 and 2016 and have a 200 million dollar payroll because they banked all this money no they had a they had a regular payroll that you would expect them to have so that's that's all for now yeah you bring up you bring up very good points jim and, you know, I think the the biggest thing about this is the fact that I guess before getting that, you know, a lot of people, the takes on there were like, why wouldn't you trade Jacob Stallings? You know, he's 32 years old. He's a catcher. He's 32 years old. He doesn't fit in the window. Get rid of him. And, you know, my whole thought on this, because we've talked, uh, we've debated on this show about that. You know, I was on the side of trade Stallings. You really weren't. And I think we kind of came together and you, you maybe see that side a little bit more. But I'm still like, I'm at the point where I'm okay if Jacob Stallings is traded. You know, I'm not the anti, you don't trade him at no point. You know, this is terrible. If you trade him, you're a loser. Get out of here. You know, like that. Like, I'm okay. If a trade were to happen, I would be okay. It just comes down to what would the return be? How are we going to get into the return? was just what it was, you know? And it's like, yeah. how, how, how does this really benefit, you know? So like for the people that want to say he's so old, he's not going to fit in this window. There's a window that you could create. That window could be created into 2023. To me, that's why everything is so vital for this team. What you just said with Brian Reynolds and your Brian Hayes, right? If you're going to make this longer, if you're going to extend this, if you want to tank further, and not get competitive till further down the road, then you are absolutely correct. Then now you're in that situation where is is Reynolds and Kays even on this team? Are they in the windows? And if they're not, why are they here? So so we have that situation. You know, if you are kicking this can down, if you don't see them contending until 2024, then you have that problem with those two players, right? So there's that situation. There's the situation of so. So what are you going to get back, right, in return, like you mentioned? Is that really going to be worth the safety net of a Jacob Stallings? Because, sure, Henry was number one pick. He's in the organization. He's on the way. Is he? We hope he is. You know, like, if you're going to sit here and say the catching position is good, we have the depth. Andy Rodriguez, how we just talked up last week, you know, Baseball America, number seven, you know, now the number seven prospect in the Pirates pipeline, right? You got Henry. You made those trades. None of them are above a ball. They're also all catchers who typically tend to develop longer than most other players. You know, the knock on Henry also was the fact that he might not be a catcher, Jim. He might not be a catcher. We hope he is, Mm -hmm. but there is a real possible chance that, you know what? He's not cutting it. He needs to be a first baseman. He needs to be an outfielder, you know, whatever it may be. Jacob Stallings is a good catcher. Just like you said, is he elite? No, 
He's not, but he has a really good glove. His bat is not going to hurt you. You know, when the people are saying, the, oh, he's light hitting, he's a terrible hitter, like, sure, like that is his downfall. He's not the greatest hitter. He is below average. But for what he provides you on defense, and then what he is in, in, in total is the, like the offense, like it's not, he doesn't hurt you. Like he's not a liability in that lineup. He is nowhere near Kevin Newman. You know, like that is a pure out. That is a liability. How many times did we see a highlight of Jacob Stallings this year? You know, I'm not just saying, you know, okay, because he's these walk-offs that he got, like he's a good offensive player now. But what I'm telling you is he is not a liability. He's not going to hurt you. And at a catcher position, what he provides you offensively isn't terrible by any means. And what he gives you defensively is a plus. I mean, we're looking at rankings, looking at war. I mean, he's basically, he's a top 10 catcher in baseball. That's something to speak on, you know? And the number 11 catcher in baseball is actually a pretty steep drop-off. I think he's a 2.8 war, and number 11 is a 2.1 war. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's actually a drop-off after Jacob Stallings on the next, like, rank of catchers in that sense. And on top of that, he has the years of control. He could be a pirate, like you said, like into that contending window. You know, he's here 2022, 2023, 2024. I understand there's reasons, there's value in the trading players because of windows and for small markets. But technically speaking, you don't have to trade a player. Like you can. It is possible, Jim, to have a player become a free agent. Like it could happen. You know, because here's the thing. What if it's 2024 and you're not getting into the playoffs because Hunter or Hunter Henry. <laughs> yes, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have him play catcher too. He might be this playing the catcher this year, but like Henry's not ready to play. So are you now looking for a catcher? Are you just conceding and saying, well, we weren't competitive because we still have issues at the catcher spot and you're sitting back thinking, well, you created that problem. Like he is a pure safety net. So they get this return of these pitchers. And it's like you're saying, are any of them going to be like a two-word player? Are any of them going to be really impactful? So is it really worth it to have more stuff? Because this organization has a lot of stuff than having a Jacob Stallings in that window that you're ready to contend. And maybe he is just part-time. Maybe there's two guys, which like you said, you need two catchers. That's a plus. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. that's where I'm at with this. Like, it's not where we're not here saying, well, he's just too valuable for the young guys. You know, it's not just the, I guess the standard quote where everyone says, well, if you think, you know, they need stalling, it's just because you think he's just so valuable for the young pitchers and blah, blah. blah. And, uh, and it's not just that it's, it's everything. It's the contending window. It's, it's so much for the organization and what you're getting back in return. Is it really worth not having that? And that's just where I'm at. He's not impactful. He's not going to bring back. He's not going to flood your system with talent that you need to move forward with. And it showed that this trade happened. And none of these guys, if they're, if none of these guys are on the club in 2024, 2025, I feel like we could get through. I feel like Jacob Stallings, if he's not on the, on the team Mm -hmm. that could present an issue. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you, you said you said everything right there. They've they've now created the the problem of not having a catcher. So when the time comes that Henry Davis is ready, you know, first off, you still need a backup catcher, even if he is. Like, let's say Henry Davis is good, right? You're still going to need somebody to catch 40 games that year, you know? So, like, it's not like Jacob Stallings has no value there. Um, and like, and people people bring up the age catchers i don't know i think people for some reason get in their head that catchers don't last long and it's just not the case right i mean the person we're hearing people say oh well let's go out and sign him now yon gomes <laughs> yon gomes is three years older than jacob stallings right right so why is it like yon gomes is still out there getting major league contracts and he's about to turn 30 five jacob like catchers catchers last a long time and it's not like yon gomes was like really good at one point like and he had i think he, he had like two good years right at the very beginning of his career um but like yon gomes is just a guy right and because he's a catcher and he's okay he's gonna be in the major leagues for a long time I mean, I, Jacob Stallings isn't Yadier Molina, but geez, Yadier Molina just keeps signing contracts. The dude's like 50 years old now. Like, how long is Yadier Molina going to be in the league? And so, like, let's also point out yeah. Molina mm -hmm. has never, I mean, except outside of like, I think maybe two seasons, has also never been a good offensive catcher. He's never, he's put up Jacob Stallings' numbers. Yeah. So, again, yeah. what are we talking about light hitting? He's, he's basically Jacob Stallings offensively. His whole entire career, outside of like two seasons. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, if you look at Yadier Molina's career numbers, they they are basically identical, line in line with like what Stallings has done the last two years. I mean, that's that's what what he's done. Um, but yeah, I think that's just kind. Of, like I said we, we we've we've talked about this a lot. And it's just, it's a misconception that catchers don't last long. I was saying last year, why don't we talk about a Jacob Stallings extension, <laughs> right? I, and I wasn't joking about that. Like you could extend Jacob Stallings so that he is here and he is your catcher slash backup catcher for the next five years, right? Like you could probably sign Jacob Stallings to a five-year $12 million deal right now or five year, $15 million deal right now. And that, that like, why not? Like, why not do that? They didn't have to trade them. That's, that's kind of going back to my whole point. They did not have to trade them. And it seemed like the pirates were kind of in this, we need to trade Jacob Stallings mode. Um, yes. And it's just, it, it, it annoys me. Why, why did we need to trade Jacob Stallings? We didn't need to do it. Um, but now here we are, we've traded them. We don't have a catcher on the roster. So not only do we need to find a starting catcher, we need to find a backup catcher. So we need to find two catchers somehow. Um, they're probably going to suck. And this team is going to be bad next year. And I'm not saying that Jacob Stallings was like not going to allow this team to be bad, right? I'm not like Jacob Stallings isn't the, the, the answer to everything, but it, th this team's clearly in a direction where they seem to have no interest whatsoever in competing in 2022. And this is just another move that shows that. So what you're saying is they're not a wild card team. 
No. Yeah, not a wild card team. This team is much closer to 110 losses than they are to a wild card. And and you're right. Like it's not as if the Jacob Stallings is the key to success. It's not as like you said, Jacob Stallings is gone. So now this team's not going to be bad. It's the fact that Jacob Stallings being traded in this return is a signal for exactly what we feared. This team should improve this year. They should build. We don't feel like they're going to be contenders, you know, and it's not the point where they have to be contenders this year. It's just the point that 2023 needs to be the year. So they need to build upon this. So that way they can be competitive because the division is dog shit, right? They, there is a clear window of teams being bad. Pirates could be good or at least one of the better in the division, right? To start competing. And the fact that you have these windows where Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes can fit in. So now let's talk about the trade in a sense too, where the people are talking where you got to get rid of him because he doesn't fit in the future. So let me ask you this. If Jacob Stallings doesn't fit into the future today, did Jacob Stallings fit into the future in 2020? Did Jacob Stallings fit into the future in 2019? No. So if he doesn't fit in the future today, then why the hell they hung on to this whole time anyways? Like, What's been the point of Jacob Stallings on this team? If you've been tearing down, if Marte was gone, if Josh Bell's gone, right? If all these players are gone, why has Jacob Stallings stayed? You've shown that Jacob Stallings doesn't need to go because all the players that have needed to go, Jim, are gone. So what has been the point of having Jacob Stallings on this club until today? Well, I should say yesterday. It's not to develop the young pitchers, Jim, because guess what? Those young pitchers weren't pitching. So even for the people are throwing that thing out there where, well, he's just so valuable to the team because, you know, the young pitchers, he can help them. He hasn't done that today. There haven't been any young pitchers to do it with. It's been all the old terrible pitchers that have been here (laughs) since day one, you know? So that's not the excuse. So, like, why has Jacob Stallings been on the team so let's also rewind i wanted to bring this up on twitter and the reason i did was to pivot into the show a year and a half ago there was a catcher from seattle called austin nola who was traded to san diego san diego padres and he has a very similar like appeal and tract of jacob stallings they both Mm -hmm. bloomed late but in their short-lived tenure at that time they're pretty productive catchers that trade that was involved with the Seattle, it's a pretty big package, Jim. I mean, I think I know I did. I can speak for myself. It's been a while, but I can speak for myself. When I saw that trade, in my head, I was thinking, why Stallings here? Like, get, trade him. If that's the market, trade Jacob Stallings right now because you got a top 100 prospect. You got Ty France, who, by the way, is like a three and a half word player this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, yeah. that return was pretty nice. That was a return where Seattle's looking right now and saying, well, look at us. We're sitting pretty good right now. We have that infielder for the next five years. So there was this package back then when Jacob Stallings was more unknown, right? There was a lot of risk because he's a late bloomer. Is this going to be sustainable? Let's fast forward a year and a half. He's shown that not only is it sustainable, he's improved. The defense has gotten better. Mm-hmm. The offense is still just where it's at. Not a liability. He has improved. He's, he got a gold glove. He's gotten better. Your asset 
has become more valuable than it was a year and a half ago when this package was offered for essentially that same type of asset. You held on to him this whole time when, if you want to talk about if he fits in this window, that has yet to change this entire time. And you decided today was the day that you're willing to trade him to accept this package for it, which in my eyes, we can argue, but in my eyes, is much less than what the Austin Nola trade was for. So you, you decided to hang on to him and then waited until now to trade him to accept this for it. Like to me, that's the biggest problem. And that's again where it comes down to the return for it. If he was traded for a package that was similar to Austin Nola, you know what? We still have these issues on catcher, but I get it, right? Because again, I get the side that he's 32 years old. I get the side that it's still years away. He's his window is three years. Again, I know Brian Hayes is a little bit longer, Reynolds is a little bit longer, but his is just three years. His is shorter. I can understand why you might want to go ahead and capitalize on this right now. But is what we got in return today truly capitalizing? Did you really say he's at his peak value? Let's get peak return. That's where I look and say, no. Who really, who really cares? You got a guy in Zach Thompson who is a minor league free agent, by the way. If you really wanted him, you could have got him in 2020 for nothing. He's a minor league free agent from the White Sox who had a 550 ERA in AAA as a 25-year-old. Marlins scoop him up. Did he have a good season last year? Yeah, numbers-wise, I think a 3.24 ERA. He started as a starter, ended up in the bullpen with them. Solid numbers. There was nothing spectacular about him. He doesn't have an overpowering fastball. His his breaking balls. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the prospect actually. Um, but with him, yeah. I mean, he's also very similar though. Like, there's nothing truly like exciting about him. He has some mixed stuff. Like, he doesn't give up some hard hits and stuff. You know, like, his, okay, his fastball is actually the same. It's um. It's it, he's not really fast. <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot of spin rate. Like he, to me, I just feel like sure those numbers looked good last year, but do I find those sustainable? And do I really look at this guy as a guy that could just slide into the rotation and he's going to be our number three starter in 2024, 2025. And that's why that trade was done. No, he's probably a swing man. And what does his team have, Jim? 13 swingmen. <laughs> so, cool. We got what we pretty much already have, who's done it already. Great. Now you add in the other prospect, right? Kyle Nichols, Nicholas, which for him, he's got a really good fastball. His secondary offerings... Eh, there's some work to be done. His control, eh, there's some work to be done. There's potential there. But most likely what he is, he's a reliever. And the third prospect, Connor Scott, is just terrible. First round pick, cool. You can say, oh, he was a first rounder. He's been terrible. He's been terrible. He's been absolutely terrible. Terrible. (laughs) 
he's not he's not even a major. I, I I highly doubt he'll be in the major leagues ever. So your thought process of well, Jacob Stallings isn't going to be on this team. I need to recoup package, and he's at peak value. You spun that off and got two relievers. That's what we were so worried about. We were worried about we might not have two, six, seven inning men in 2024, so we better trade Jacob Stallings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put it you put it good, uh, put it pretty correctly. I think your analysis of all the guys are, are pretty spot on too. I mean, Zach Thompson is, so I mean, just to kind of go through him again, he's going to be 28 years old next year. He just finished his, his first stint in Major League Baseball. He uh, actually kind of interesting. Neil Huntington drafted Zach Thompson <laughs> in 2011. Yep. And uh, he, he instead did not sign, went to college, uh, was then drafted by the White Sox and kind of toiled around in the lower levels as a starter for a while. The White Sox then turned him into a reliever. He did seem to have, you know, some better success out of the bullpen, you know, for for a couple of years. Uh, he then became a minor league free agent because he was in the minor leagues for seven years at that point and, uh, and let me ask you something what, jim yeah guys who spend seven years in the minor leagues are they typically good they typically are not good okay no. cool yeah just wanted to confirm <laughs> your thought yeah. on that um and then like, the marlins pick him up stick him in the triple a bullpen he doesn't pitch well in triple a but he ends up getting the call to the major leagues just because the Marlins need somebody to pitch. And mm -hmm. shockingly, he actually pitches pretty well for the Marlins last year. And, and like, there's really no way to put it. Like he had good results last year in 75 innings with the Marlins. He started in the Marlins rotation um, right around, I think it was like the end of June, June. is when he got called yep. up. So, and, and one of the interesting things with, with him is, you know, he, he had like, I remember even reading about it. He was like one of the only people ever to strike out 11 batters in like one of his first four starts ever. So uh, it's, he, he, he had one really, like really good game. Uh, but he, he kind of was, he, he was a guy who started off super hot. Like his first, his first four starts, like you're looking at it and they were really good. Uh, and then he just tapered off and he was blah. Right. And then once he became blah, they moved him to the bullpen in August. Uh, and so he pitched out of the bullpen pretty much all of September. He was fine out of the bullpen, right? He was used as like an, uh, you know, to basically just pitch one inning at a time. At that point, he wasn't even like a multi innings guy. Um, but, but he, he finished, uh, finished the year in the bullpen. So, I mean, ultimately and ended up being 75 innings. He struck out 66 batters, walked 28, uh, 3.24 earned run average, right? Um, so the, the strikeout numbers didn't end up being all that great. 7.92 strikeouts per nine. The walk rate was just normal, you know, 3.3 walks per nine. Uh, so, so from a standpoint of like, he handled himself okay, you mm -hmm. know, in his first major league, um, in his first major league appearance, I would say he even handled himself well. Um, 
But to go back to the point, like he was, this was his first time in the majors. He was 27. He's about to be 28. Like there's a reason for that. Like, there's, there's a reason why he was in the minor leagues that long. Um, I don't know if this guy can be a starting pitcher in the majors. He, he, he hadn't been a starting pitcher in the minors since 2017. So, so I, my guess is the pirates are going to hope this guy can start some games for them. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, if he is a major leaguer, he it's probably better suited in the bullpen. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking at him and I'm seeing someone who isn't as good as Will Crow. <laughs> like, right. Like that, that's, that's who I'm seeing. Like I, I, I'm, did he, did he have a better season than Will Crow last year? Absolutely. But like, if you look at like the overall body of work, this is a very Will Crow-esque type of guy. Like that's who, that's who I'm seeing. Will Crow even had better pedigree because he was, you know, a, a better prospect, but that, that, like, that's who I'm seeing. I'm not seeing it. Like, this isn't a person who is going to stick in a major league rotation for years. Right. He, I'm not seeing it. Just not seeing it. Um, Same. So that, if this was just like a throw-in piece to a deal where where it was was similar to like an Austin Nola type return, then then sure, fine. This seems like a guy who can pitch some innings maybe this year on a bad team. Um, but like this this guy is not going to be on any competitive baseball team for the Pittsburgh Pirates. By that point, he's going to be 31 years old, right? And, Jacob and, Stiles. Like, <laughs> like he's yeah. So like, what what is this, right? Like, like, <clears throat> someone on Twitter was telling me he's a number two starter. I'm like, what are you talking about? This dude took eight years to make the major leagues. Um, so it is what it is. He's by he's accident. Guy. Yeah, he's a guy. Um, Kyle Nicholas, little he's got some intrigue to him, right? Um, the stuff is great left-handed arm um really good fastball up oh, right-handed arm sorry right-handed arm really good fastball really good slider um but he doesn't know where he's throwing the ball <laughs> so that that's that's the issue with him um he's got two good pitches and very poor command that just screams to you, hey, this guy's probably going to be a relief pitcher, right? Sure. Um, if Kyle Nicholas can be a starter, great. To give you an idea of where Kyle Kyle Nicholas is the one person in this package, by the way, who slots into the Pirates' top 30. So MLB Pipeline puts Kyle Nicholas as the Pirates' number 26 prospect, okay? Um, I think he was the the Marlins' like number 15 or 18 or 16. something in that area. yep. 16. Okay. So he, he, he becomes the pirates number 26 prospect. Now um, he did get some time at double a last year. Strikeout numbers again are good. The stuff's good, uh, but tons of walks. Right. So he, he's someone where, I mean, this was his first year in the minor leagues cause he was a 20, uh, 20 draft pick. So missed that, missed that, you know, 2020 season first round competitive balance pick. Um, oh wait, Second round, right? Second round competitive balance pick. Um, <clears throat> but handled himself just, you know, fine. Um, I, I I don't think you're looking at this guy, though, as someone who's going to be a starting pitcher that you can rely on, though, just because of the command issues. I think he's very well suited for the bullpen. And I think he can be a pretty good relief pitcher uh, because the stuff is there. 
but again, like that's 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 who he is. Like he's not going to blow anybody away. He, again, he's number twenty six Pirates prospect now. Yep. Um, Connor Scott, you you mentioned him. I'm 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 not as low on Connor Scott as you are. Like I think there's a I hate chance Connor. <laughs> like I think there's a chance Connor Scott could be a fourth outfielder, <laughs> but under no circumstances is Connor Scott like a like going to be a everyday major leaguer. He's just not that good. Uh, you know, he, he did finally, you know, put up an above average season last year, but it was his second go around at high a ball. Um, he really hasn't hit well at any level. Um, he is still sort of young, right? I mean, he's, he'll be 22 next year. Um, and you, you probably think he's in, in, in double a, but like, if you stack up Connor Scott to all of these other outfielders that are kind of at that same level as him, right? Mm-hmm. Like Connor Scott, I would not take over Lolo Sanchez, Matt Frazier, um, Cal Mitchell, Kanan Smith and but like all those people are better. Right. So like Connor Scott, if you're looking at a depth chart of pirates, minor league outfielders, he's pretty far down on that list. For sure. Um, like you're you're looking at best at a fourth outfielder if if he can develop into that. So that's your return, right? So you just gave up a Gold Glove catcher who finished, you know, he was the 11th best catcher in baseball last year for 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 a 28 uh, year old swingman, uh, you know, a, a decent pitching prospect who's likely going to be a reliever and uh, a maybe fourth outfielder if everything goes right. So, so again, so, so again, if 2024 comes around and you have a glaring hole at catcher because Jacob's always in there, right? Henry's not ready. Is it, is it like you couldn't find a swing man? You couldn't find a middle reliever? Keep, keep, this is the return. Keep them. This is why you keep them. Because you don't need to trade him. There wasn't a have to. We have to trade Jacob Stallings today. Especially this return. I would much rather have peace at mind that Jacob Stallings will eventually become a backup catcher, hopefully. But if not, I can trust. I feel safe and okay that Jacob Stallings could be a starting catcher in two years still. Will he be what he was last year? He might not. But it's... As a two-war player instead of a three-war player, is that doable? To me, sure, because it's better than having no catcher. <laughs> and what is this reliever going to give you? What is this swingman going to give you? That's where we're just at. Like, this return isn't it. This isn't where you say, okay, now we pull the trigger. Like, we've held on to Jacob Stallings this entire time. We've got what we want. Pull the trigger. Why has he been here for two years? Why has he Why has he been here this entire time? If this is what you're going to give up, should have traded him then a year and a half ago. Get the Nola return. Get get something else. You could have. You had two years to find something better than this. You did not hold out on trading Jacob Stallings for two freaking years for two middle relievers. That just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I said my my whole thing was like 
there's no reason to trade Stallings unless you get blown away. Well, this is not getting blown away. No, this is it's is it a fair return for a for for a catcher his caliber with three years of control? It's a fair return. See, right? I don't like I don't even know about that. I truly uh, don't. I, I think it might. Some I think people are saying that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just even more down on the return yeah. than I guess others. But I yeah. look at it and say, I, I don't know if that really is either. There's one actual prospect in this deal. There's one. There's a minor league free agent and a first round bust. And one prospect who might be a reliever. Is that truly fair return for a three-war catcher with three years of control? Like, I, I'm I sorry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're that, right. That's you're where right. I'm at. It, it might not be. It might not be. This might, maybe I'm just too down on this. And at the end of the day, in three years from now, we're looking back and saying it was fair return. But in my eyes, I'm not on that boat. I've been seeing that thrown around. Well, it's it's fair deal for what it is. But in the Pirates' eyes, a fair deal isn't what they need. I'm at the point, I don't look at this as even a fair deal. I don't. If I'm Miami... I'm sitting there thinking, shit, we just got Jacob Stallings. <laughs> I gave them nothing. I gave them nothing. Like Jacob Stallings, I understand, isn't the type of player mm-hmm. that if you're going to trade for him, you got to make him hurt. I get that. Right? That's what mm-hmm. a Brian Reynolds is. If you trade him, you got to make it hurt. But, I mean, there wasn't even like a Band-Aid that was ripped off on this. Miami's looking it at this definitely... says, I got this person for free. This person was the past regime's mistake. We'll never make the mistake of drafting a Connor Scott again. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. sure, here's this reliever that we just got who has some some control issues. I mean, th- they they gave up nothing. There's n- there's zero regrets in doing that trade. They would make that trade all day long, every single day. You waited all this time to trade Jacob Stallings for this. For this. Yeah, it's hard to argue. Hard to argue with you there. I don't get it. I just, I don't. I don't. I don't either. I don't understand this trade. If a trade happened yesterday, again, I would have said, okay. I understand the side. I get and understand that viewpoint of it. This being the trade makes absolutely zero sense. Tyler said it. We're a year away from being a Ben Charrington hating podcast, and it's getting closer and closer. Every single trade has been, I don't know, but I'm going to trust in Ben. And I'm I'm to the point now where he's he's now had two years. Like that, that's over. That's over. I don't really trust Ben anymore making trades. He's done well in the draft. <laughs> he has done well on some, on some parts and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like... I don't want him to make a trade ever again. And Ryan, in our group chat, Ryan said it best, and I, I fully agree. If we're talking about then, you know, the window's down the line now and we should probably trade Brian Reynolds, 
I fear for my life right now hearing that. <laughs> because who's going to be the one trading him? And how do we have to talk about that deal because of how underwhelming it was? I don't want Ben Charrington to have to trade Brian Reynolds because that's going to be terrible. Yeah. I, I really don't want to trade Brian Reynolds either. I'm just, it, it's getting to the scenario where I said, I really hope they can extend them, but it's just going through my mind. Like if you're Reynolds, why are you signing up to wait three years to compete? His entire tenure and has been bad. And 2019 and if the pirates, if you're the pirates and you're looking to maximize on a window, Brian Reynolds doesn't Brian Reynolds on this current deal, right? Going through arbitration doesn't maximize your window. So what's that mean? I guess we'll see. We'll see if they can you extend will. them. But 100% correct. If I'm Brian Reynolds, I've I've been losing since 2019. Losing's not fun. Been losing since 2019. And now I know I'm losing for at least two more years. No, I think not one even thing just does, yeah. Not does winning, but we're there. Like I'm just complete losing. It's it's not going to be fun for two more seasons still. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing this does too is, I mean, this seals the fate on Derek Shelton. You got to imagine, like mm. this team not having any, um, not having any want to compete in 2022 means you're you're now in year three of Derek Shelton of of putting up just terrible win loss totals like Derek Sheldon's done after 2022, which I think, you know, none of us are going to be super upset about, but the pirates never, never, never gave Derek Sheldon <laughs> right. a chance basically. Right. Um, so this is looking like, I mean, if you're Sheldon, gosh, you just lost, you just lost your second best player mm -hmm. from last year. Mm -hmm. From last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you don't have a catcher aspect, on your roster right now. That's gonna be that's terrible yeah. for him. Not again. Not that he's yeah. really showing that he's deserving. He's doing things to yeah. earn a you know an extension or another contract. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's gonna be sad that you finally get your job, and this is it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, like, can he, he have a he fair finally chance? Gets, can he? Yeah, can he, he have a winning season? No. Yeah, finally gets a head coaching job, and this is. This is the roster that he's that he's given for his three years. And it's just he had he was not given a chance to succeed at all. And right. as I, I don't think we listen, none of none of us really have a lot of faith in him, but he, he really was never given a chance to win. He's not going to be given a chance to win next year. And you know, after three years, he wasn't even he wasn't even, you know, the guy. He's not even Ben Sherrington's guy. Right. Like don't see that lasting past 2022. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. What I do know is Ben Charrington has to find two catchers. I'm sure there's some plan that was set in motion. I'm sure he has something in mind. We'll find out what it is. But yes, he now he has to find two catchers. There's not one catcher on the 40-man roster. So there's that. He did find a catcher yesterday, per se. Another, what, 28-year-old minor leaguer. <laughs> yeah. Basically what Zach Thompson has been, 
his whole entire career up until last year. But yes, so that's that. I don't know. It's definitely been well. I guess over Michael an hour. Perez. I guess Michael Perez is still technically in the organization. Great. So I guess you kind of just assume that Michael Perez is going to be one of those catchers. I mean, he cleared waivers, was assigned to AAA. So my guess is Michael Perez will be one of those two catchers. And so now you got to find another one. So wild card then, right? They'll be fighting. Yeah. This is why it's just a terrible take. Just to end on it. That, that's why it's just it's a stupid, stupid take. That That's why. There's no rational reason to say that. Absolutely zero rational reason to talk about being in a wild card fight. This team is trash. This team is trash right now. <laughs> and I mean, it's a, it's a hundred loss team. Right sadly, now. though, it doesn't have to be. That's the problem. It yeah. doesn't need to be this way. And that's why we are pissed off because they could be semi-competitive. They could have a product out there that you're not embarrassed by, like you're saying. This could have been the year where they've they made a stride. They look to improve. They're deciding not to. That's what's frustrating. Yep. So, should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Been been yelling for a while now. We'll be on Thursday. I feel like for sure. I don't think we're finished. (laughs) I I I think Tyler has some things. Well, I mean, there's there's probably. I I would imagine. I mean, they still have to do something. Yeah. Like, so there there'll probably be some more stuff today. Yep. Tomorrow's the big day. All right, then. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye-bye. See you guys.